welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello, welcome to episode 471 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal, Sean Orford. How are you doing, Sean? How's the recovery going? It's getting there. It's getting there. It's slow. It's yeah. slow. There are days when I am absolutely wasted. Um, and it's completely new experience for me. I mean, I, I've always been the kind of person out of bed, go and do a 5K run, go on with my life. And to get to the point where doing something simple like having a shower wears you out, yep. it's a really odd place to be. And uh, as much as everyone keeps being positive and saying to me, um, yes, you're going to get better, and yes, this does happen to everybody. And logically, I know it. Emotionally, I can't wear it. It's really, really, really difficult, that kind of mismatch. Yeah, you're just expecting to wake up one morning and be boosh, ready to go yeah, again. I, I, I want to be back to how I was, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, and one of the things is, and I say this with a huge amount of gratitude, I have never been ill in my life, really. Yeah. I've had things, you know. There, there was, uh, I had the um, good fortune today, which maybe we'll come across in what we're talking about, um, to go out with some of the family to Cheshire Oaks, which is like a designer village place. I, yeah, um, my commiserations on that. That's the place I avoid. In fact, yeah, when I, yeah, over my dead uh, body, right when I go there, but yeah, go on. <laughs> it, was, it was dead easy to walk around and we went to movies <laughs> for food and it was okay. Um, but there was a guy there, um, an older guy, who had no legs. He was in, a, in his wheelchair going round. And, and I was watching him being so amazingly positive. And that whole idea about, you know, people do suffer incredible things and yep. uh, are incredibly positive and amazing. Um, and, and it's really made me look at that and appreciate that, you know, and that whole idea about life's dead easy when you're healthy. You know, you know that idea about people, you know, what do you want out of life? And people say, I want a million pounds. And it's that, that very stark realisation. It doesn't matter how many millions you've got. If you haven't got your health, you haven't got anything. Yeah. You know, yes, lovely to have a million pounds if you've got your health. Yeah, indeed. But, I mean, yeah, well, you've just met a guy, well, you've observed a guy who he might be healthy but he's missing a couple of limbs and then but you know we've done episodes in the past where people have to live with pain or you know pretty much all yeah, the yeah. as well so there are ways of getting through it aren't there and yeah um but yeah you know. well I, I i was talking to um uh do you remember the guy that came and did the drumming thing steve yeah. Shotton, i do yeah no yeah. and um he he came around to see me because he was born with the hole in the heart. Ah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I do had, I just know that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and had open heart surgery the first time when he was seven. Oh, wow. Right, and he's had two valves replaced since then. The Benecki, oh, right. So, yeah. And it was like we had, a, he had so much to share with me, to tell me, that was really helpful. <laughs> um, and, it's, and like I say, I, okay, I've had it once, and, it, and that wasn't the best experience in my life. Yep. You know, he's had it at least three times. 
and had to deal with it from being tiny. Wow, amazing. You know, yeah, I know Steve well, and he's a very chirpy, chirpy kind of guy. Amazing, amazing what he does. Yeah. And, and, and he is so therapeutic for other people. Indeed, with his drumming yeah. classes. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, amazing, amazing, uh, yeah. All right, cool. Well, yeah, I mean... Uh, did, yeah, just quickly then, did you uh, you get a good response from the last week's episode? That kind of I was quite blunt in the um, episode <laughs> title that you know made so people would know that you've been in hospital. So did you get a much response? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got I got a flood of of, uh, of uh, emails and messages coming in of people that hadn't realised I'd been ill and, and were shocked by it. People that were. Um, so kind of happy to hear my voice and to hear us talking and um people's people have so much positive to say about this little old podcast that you and i you know throw together each week and and put out there and you know we try and make it meaningful um but it, it really does seem to have a positive effect on a lot of people um, and people were, were went out of their way to share that with me, which was lovely. Lovely. Yeah. That's cool. Very good. Well, let's keep it going. Yeah, we're going to keep it going a bit longer now, hopefully. So uh, I'm yeah. actually getting close to a big milestone in terms of downloads, which you might hear about in the next week or two. So uh, Yeah, yeah. The yeah. champagne corks will be popping. They certainly will. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, we're kind of, let's crack on as we usually do. We've got a topic for this week, although I think it is uh, another one. In fact, I'm, I'm sure the next... Years worth of episodes will all be related to your uh, your recent. <laughs> Do you reckon? Sure. Yeah, a little stint in hospital. But you want to talk about family, don't you? This week, the importance of family. Um, and what well, I, I I was brought up in a difficult family. It's very dysfunctional. Left home at fifteen, and the family was a snake pit. It was a bunch of um, egotists trying to to kind of gain their power over the other people in the group kind of thing and be dominant um, and there wasn't any support um, or very little if there was a real crisis they would drag themselves together to respond but there was no kind of ongoing support there were no kind of simple things like hugs or anything like, like that they're just like the basic kind of commodities in, in families um, and I was um, pushed back into a memory, I mentioned it in the in the blog, where I would have been 13 or 14, and I had a mole in my back that was about three centimetres across. It wasn't like a big, a big thing. They decided to turn green and eject pus. Nice. And okay. it was, Lovely. It was, it was disgusting, and um, it was decided it needed to be cut out. Uh, and it was a suspected could be cancerous growth, which actually it wasn't. So that was a good thing. But to get that done, I walked three miles on my own, like I say, 13 or 14, to the hospital to go in and have this surgery. And when I went in there, the surgeon, I had a big one on my chin just there. Wow. And, and the um, hairs used to grow out. It was quite fascinating. Um, and... Um, he looked at me and he said, I'll have that one while I'm here as well. <laughs> so um, he, you know, anaesthetized me uh, locally in both back and chin. 
and hack these out. And then I walked the three miles home again. None of, none of my family came with me or thought that it would be wow. necessary or needed. You know, it's like you were on your own. Right. And that wasn't just your mum and dad teaching you a lesson in independence or something like that. And like... No, no, no. It was like, <laughs> it, 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 it's like it, it wouldn't have occurred to anybody that, oh, you know, he might need someone with him. You know, he might, he might be a bit scared or a bit. It was yeah. like, okay, set off. See you later. Bit bit yeah. um, and, this and, time around. Well, this this time around, it's been absolutely bizarre because not only I've got this huge extended family now, I've kind of finally found my family. Um, (laughs) And I've got all these, you know, they're brother-in-laws, but they are brothers um, and sister-in-laws that are sisters. uh, And and the extended family is huge. Um, They've all been in there supporting every day, all the time, you know, what can I do? Not just me, Spontan Re. Um, and the, the other thing that I'm very aware of is that that extended family extends beyond that group of people. So I would include you and your lot in my lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you, you are my family. Um, and that's such a powerful thing to realise. And, and, and it has really been... Um, I suppose, I suppose the universe has forced me to look at it, but it's like um, people have said such lovely things and done such lovely things, and, and it really made me... It, 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 it took me back to my childhood where I had no value and has made me kind of reassess things, and like I actually feel like I do have a value now. That I never felt I had before, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy, but yeah. Well, well, it only took you yeah, X number of years, but you got there in the end, eh? Yeah, yeah. And good to get there before the very end. Yeah. <laughs> there, 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 was, there was a guy in the hospital in the last unit I was in opposite me, and he had spent 11 years um, nursing his wife who was terminal. And then she had died, and then he got the endocarditis mm-hmm. um, and went from one to the other. And he lived on his own in a bungalow and had all the problems of that. He did have a family, but they weren't a kind of a directly supportive family, very controlling kind of family. But it was like the contrast between his aloneness on that side of the ward and my the people all around me coming in, giving me things, yeah. you know, sending in cakes and, you know, re- really caring. Yeah, I've experienced that, not personally in hospital, but, you know, when I've been in to see friends or family, yeah, you can tell the, the, the people that have got, you know, bunches of flowers and cards around them and loads of people com- constantly coming and going and the folks that are yeah. looking uh, yeah, a bit more sparse. I mean, I want to offer a bit of hope, really, because before people that might not have huge family tribes around them, extended or otherwise, to, well, a little bit of hope to them that it is possible to either find a new family or yeah, to kind of connect with people in in other ways, isn't there? So it's yeah. Yeah, and and I I think that one of the really really powerful things is friendship. 
you know, it's it's like you and I went to Amsterdam. Yeah, and we had a crazy time and I fell off a bike and you know, and we didn't realize how ill I was and all that kind of stuff. But it's like um, that that was such a beautiful experience that will live in my heart forever. Mm-hmm. You know, and hopefully we will be able to do that or things like that again. Indeed. Oh um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and uh to to have known you and to have known you as a friend for so long <laughs> is something that's dead easy to just kind of be oh yeah about. But what what this has done has made me look at all those kinds of relationships, you know, and there are some lovely people mm-hmm. out there. I know some beautiful people, of which and I, you are one, you and, you and Bethan and the kids. I mean, they're great. They're great. They're all right. They're okay. <laughs> <laughs> They'll do. They'll do. I, it, it's funny. I, I, we, I went down onto the beach, hobbled down onto the beach. Um, <laughs> they were all playing football. And... Um, uh, Lucas, who's about 10, 10 11, um, mm-hmm. he, um, he ran up to me and gave me a, a hug. And it was a real hug. It wasn't like a pretend hug. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was like a caring, loving hug yeah. from this little guy. And it was like, wow, they're just that little thing is just so powerful. Yeah. You know? And then I go to Chester like I did today on our way to to the designer place and and going through Chester and there's so many people living on the street on their own you yep. know got no one around them you know we've got some work yeah. to do still yeah but I mean so yeah for people that might be lacking in family support as you were when you were younger at least or uh what, what kind of tips and advice can we offer them to kind of either get through it on their own or to kind of what find find their tribe it's never too late to find your uh, a gang of people to support you is it no and i think that that has to be finding people of common interests finding people that are uh that you can create friendship groups with it's all that kind of stuff which is so so yep. important and to not do what i did which was resort to things like drugs as a way of avoiding facing the misery of aloneness, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned in this family that I'm in is that what you actually need, what feeds your heart is people, mm-hmm. you know, but you have to open yourself up because I, I think the one of the problems is that when you're brought up in a difficult family, you close down and you're scared to make relationships with other people because you don't want to get hurt anymore. Right, okay. Yeah, and, and relationship equals hurt. Whereas to dare yourself to go out and do it again. Yeah. Until well, you get it right. Mm. I was going to say, I mean, how often when you deal with people who've got issues, emotional issues one way or another, or issues with addiction, that kind of thing, how often does it stem back to traumatic in- incidents from their childhood or when they were, you know, lacking in a certain kind of family Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots. Yeah, so I mean... It could yeah, be- I mean, some, sometimes you, you'll get guys who, um, obviously over, over the years I've done a lot of work with service guys who've been, you know, Afghan war, Iraq war, that kind of stuff, um, Falklands, who have been through really, really difficult um, situations and, and 
and have been damaged by that. You get that kind of post-traumatic effect. Um, but generally, people that we're talking about in that sense are people that have been damaged from childhood onwards because of... And, and, and the thing is, I think that this is quite an important thing as well, is it's easy to blame the parents for that, right? And I did for years blame my parents, but it was, it was a long time afterwards that I realised that they also had, had come from difficult situations. So yeah. it's like playing past the parcel down the generations until someone's prepared to open the parcel and deal with it, and then it stops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and people don't. I don't think my siblings have opened the parcels as much as I know, because I haven't seen them for years. But, um, yeah. you know, um, and I think that we were all damaged by the situation in the home. Uh-huh. But, then, but then I think our parents were damaged by the situation in their home. So, you know, and, and in that sense, it, I don't think it was their fault. There was no mm. kind of blame attached to that. It was like... Going on for generations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and people that have been through the wars and the depression and all that kind of stuff, just passing it on. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so, I mean, I mean what, how would you describe... Because, I mean, your family to me is, I mean, you're all bonkers, but, like, it's a very loving kind of bonkers. It is. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I've got, I've had quite a bit of an idyllic upbringing, really, I guess. Um, yeah, mum and dad and my in-laws, actually, uh, perfect in well, almost every way. My dad's an interesting one. He's, he's awesome, my dad. But he had, uh, I guess he, I don't know if you would say he had a, a dad who was quite as like loving and as uh, touchy feely as he was to me. And I am to my, my kids. Um, you know, he was born, his dad was born in 1901 or something mad like that. So proper. He's been long, he's long gone, my grandpa, but, um, uh, different generation and all that really. But my dad was sent to boarding school, um, when he was, well, I don't know, 10 or 11. And I think that left quite a mark on him, you know, in a great way, <laughs> but he managed to get through it okay and he's uh yeah he doesn't look back on that time of his life too fondly i don't think um but uh he got through it but yeah i'm, I'm really fortunate really and i've had that quite idyllic kind of upbringing really and uh hopefully passed it on to my um my kids uh well one of the things that you touched on in that bit was the idea of um i'm interpreting as like the tactile touching hugging bit yeah yeah, looking at and and it's like that's something that um, never never happened when I was was young, and yet the the family that I'm involved with now are all huggers, mm. um, which is lovely. So um, my uh, brother-in-law Mark always says, "Come on, feel the love." <laughs> we get up and you've got to give him a hug, yeah, because that that's how he contacts and says. I'm here, you know, yeah, and that big huggers. Well, oh. and I uh, quite big huggers and kisses as well. Like I still, I can still. My eldest is ten, will so I can just about still get away with a kiss, good night, and um, <laughs> like kiss goodbye in the morning before he goes off to school. But probably that probably won't last much longer, lads and all that. But uh, yeah, we're quite quite a close knit little little gang. And you know, even like in terms of sleeping arrangements. 
um the lads will sleep through now on their own but sometimes just in a bit of a daze even now they'll they'll come through and just hop into bed or get in, they're so they're getting quite big now like jacob's seven and he'll just go to the end of the bed and we'll wake up in the morning and he'll be down there at our feet or something like that so <laughs> which i don't know it might sound weird and it probably goes against some of the rule books on parenting but um i love it man it's work work proper to, you know sometimes we'll wake up and there'll be like three of us in the bed and cooper will be the dog will be buried under the bed sheets as well somewhere so <laughs> we're a real tight tight unit but that you you took in the blog post you, early on you talk about how you know we developed as families and tribes kind of formed and back in the day thousands of years ago we, we were all been sheltered together huddled up together in a in a cave weren't we yeah keeping each other warm protecting each other from them out there, whoever they were, you know. Mm. But I mean, you, you, you said about, um, you know, that there is no rule book for families. Families develop in ways that work for them, mm. you know, and uh, and that's the bit that's important. Yeah, well, the sleeping that, thing. Free flow. Yeah, the know. sleeping thing isn't really like something we did because we thought it would be good for like nurturing relationships. We did it just to get a good night's sleep, you know, because there comes a point when you've kind of put the kids when they're really young back into bed for the eighth time in the night and then you just say you know sod it just come on in then and let's get to sleep <laughs> so it was more do, about do, do you find do you find that taking that approach means that they it's easier for them to sleep on their own uh both kids were different really so uh like william was a bit more has always been a bit more independent so he sorted himself out jacob was strolling through much much later into his life wanted to hop in with us so yeah we were quite chilled out about it at the end just in the interests of getting a good night's sleep in the end yeah we valued a good night's sleep over kind of making sure he was in his bed every single night you know that kind of thing mm. and, uh, well we'll yeah. see how it works out for my two lads we'll do a case study in 20 30 years from now and see how they've <laughs> turned out right? <laughs> yeah one of the things i'd say is that robert in his thirties, will still give me a kiss on the cheek. Yeah, uh-huh. and um, if you look at the French, I mean, fellas kiss each other in libis, they call it, kiss each cheek as a form of greeting. And it's like if you go south down the globe, people are much more touchy, huggy, feely. And the further north you go, the more kind of cold and isolated they become. You know, we're kind of stuck in the middle somewhere between the French and, say, the Germans or the Finnish, who tend to be much colder and more cut off, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, true. Um, yeah, people are funny, aren't they? I've link, I'm going to link to a few things in the show notes about kind of uh, the importance yep. of family, 10 reasons why family is important, that kind of thing. Yeah. As well as some on how to, like, nurture a family situation, even if you haven't got family around you, because... Well, we're all we're all connected, depending on how far you want to go back, aren't we? So, any, yeah. anyone can be a family member if you want. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is that um, what I've learned is I've got this amazing extended family around me, but it actually extends beyond those genetically connected relatives into all kinds of people that I've never included in that group in my emotional mind. Um, who have been so amazingly supportive to me and to Re, you know, and have made sure, you know, that we're okay, they've looked after us. 
uh, over this tough time. And that, that's been really, really amazing mm-hmm. that there's people out there who care about us like that, you know, who are our family to me now, the way I see it. And it's like, it's good. It's good. It's great. Uh, what's, your, what's your resource of the week, Sean? I think you've linked to a book or something. Yeah, let's link to a book, which is about, it's like, how do you create a loving family? So it's got some step guides, some ideas in it. Um, and which is kind of strange. I was, I was looking at it and looking around it and thinking how weird it is that we've got to the point where we have to do this. It's a bit like, when I, in, back along in the 60s and hippie time, uh, my experience was people generally looking after each other. Yeah. I went off traveling and doing my stuff. And um, people like Maggie Thatcher came into power. And things turned from this kind of collective looking after each other, which happened from the war in the East End and everyone making sure everyone was okay. Um, turned into I, me, my, myself now, and sod you. And that became a very powerful thing. So the idea when I came back to to doing stuff in the UK and I started creating staff support systems and it's like there was, I, I went through this real kind of dilemma, which was like, why on earth am I needing great staff support systems? Why isn't everybody looking after each other? like they would have done before. But it said somewhere along the line, I think we had, there are areas where it's changed, but I think still generally we have a lot to learn or relearn about how we support each other. We do big time. We should probably talk more about that because we're going to have to wind things up in a sec. But I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm the same on things like food banks. Um you know, you see amazing stories of people's generosity, giving food and to spending time helping people, helping families. But mm-hmm. um, the fact that they even exist is just like, uh, just does my head in. And I kind of worry that it is a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because as we kind of meet the demand of food banks, we kind of create more somehow and then it spirals out of control where, you know, obviously we need um, better policies in place and, and some kind of financial system that can help people through this stuff. But uh, I just, I just worry that we can, we get, we'll get so reliant on food banks that they'll just be around forever rather than trying to figure out how we, I've even heard there's going to be like heat banks coming up over the winter where people will need places to go to stay warm because they won't be able to have the heating yeah. on, but that's like libraries or sports centers. I don't know, but oh my mm-hmm. word, um, we should, we should talk more about that in the coming weeks, I think. Yeah. 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 But it comes back to my phrase, mm. you know, if we all looked after each other, we'd all be all right. Yeah. You know, there wouldn't be that sense of like, oh, we've got to suddenly create this because we don't need to suddenly create something. We're just looking after each other anyway. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, my, so what's, my, what's your resource then? Mine's a movie. I haven't linked to a movie for a while, but it's called The Royal Tenenbaums. It's one of my favourite movies by uh, right. Wes Anderson. Famous director, one of his earlier-ish movies. It's got Gene Hackman in it and Owen Wilson, and it's just it's about a dysfunctional family called the Tenenbaums and the the history they go through, and uh, all the kids and kind of have their own issues. And but it kind of you know, it comes together in the end. But it's a it's a comedy, beautifully shot, amazing music, uh, 
and uh, it's just a, yeah a, a crazy family that um, I'm sure we'll all see little bits of ourselves within within the family and the people within it <laughs> it's amazing yeah good <laughs> all right Sean good. cool we'll be back next week for more hey yeah yeah sounds good onwards and upwards yeah keep your walks up and keep trying to don't go to Cheshire Oaks again man go somewhere yeah far more pleasant than that <laughs> you can do better than that I know it <laughs> what would you what would you recommend uh I don't know well actually we went to uh, somewhere in North Wales last week um Oh, beautiful waterfall, not not too far from Colwyn Bay along the coast there. I can't remember the name of it. Was it the waterfall. Ride, Ride of Falls, was it? No, it wasn't that. Ugh, I can't mm-hmm. remember. Anyway, it was beautiful. Go somewhere like that. Abba Falls. Abba Falls, that's it. A-B-E-R, Abba Falls. Incredible. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, do something like that instead. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a walk okay. there, so, yeah, right. good luck. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, you take care, Sean. Yeah, and you. See you next time. See you next time, everyone. Bye. Bye. See ya.